Our reading is taken from Psalm 108, and you can find that on page 612. A song, a psalm of David. My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph I will parcel out Shechem and measure off the valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is my helmet, Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbasin, on Edom I would toss my sandal, over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, God, you who have rejected us and no longer go out with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God, we shall gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Help us as we come to your word. Open our eyes and our hearts so that we can see the wonders of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Boy, have our church evolved over the years. Um, for those of you who've been to church over the years, many, many, many years ago, especially if you were born before the 80s, um, do you remember something like this? like a huge and thick praise book full of um, songs, 900 songs or something. Um, I remember back in the days when a service leader like David, he would say, now turn to uh, page like 1,000 or something and let's sing song number 894. And then you got young people in the church who started to learn new songs and they say, oh, we got this cool songs we want to introduce to the church. So let's, um, and that couldn't be found in, in our existing hymn books. So let's um, buy new books. And so then the church trustees decided to, okay, let's, let's spend a few hundred pounds and get like 80 books. And then as the collection grows, and you get another one and another one, and believe it or not, at the back on the bookshelf, there are over 20 of those. And it's, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, when I was in my teenage years, this thing became the thing. Overhead projectors. And you can print out transparencies, print the lyrics on the, the, the films. And you can just project onto the screen. It saves so much money. And then, and that's, that's how things, um, how, how, how things worked for, for a few years. And then now we have those um, cool 
projectors. It projects directly from the computer. You can project images and even videos. And the new models, you can wirelessly project cool stuff. And it's just, you can't imagine how, how technology advanced over the years. And who knows in, in 10 years what we have. Maybe I can just click on my glasses or something. And I would just, like, just imagine all the possibilities. Uh, and I wonder, um, the songs that we've sung at the church, um, if you just remember all the songs that we sung, or, or maybe you couldn't remember anything, it just went blank, like what I'm feeling right now. Everything's blank. Um, but some songs that you sing are perfect for calling others to join in, to worship God together. And then some other songs have great lyrics to help us reflect on our own sins and helps us to, help, helps us to say sorry to God. And then there are songs that just reson resonate with how you are feeling when you are sad or mourning or suffering. And when you sing those songs, they, they bring comfort to you. And then you have songs that are great prayers, like the one we sang just now, Prepare Our Hearts, Lord. So with all the songs that you've ever sung over the countless, countless Sundays, uh, have you ever noticed any dodgy ones? Uh, what I mean is, if you are familiar with pop music, you know, folk music, and, uh, or even folk songs, and you notice, oh, some of the hymns that we sang were actually those music, which is with Christian lyrics. Um, and, then, and then if you want to jazz things up, you can add extra bits to existing songs that you like to sing. For example, Amazing Grace. And then you, you get this new extra uh, chorus. My chains are gone, I've been set free. And that, that wasn't there before. But then, just to be a little more controversial, uh, have you tried to take bits of, uh, out of one song and another bits from the other song and combine it together? Maybe you want to, uh, you want to introduce, you want to emphasize different attributes of God in one goal. So like maybe God's love and God's faithfulness, you put them together. Or you just want, you just feel like those two work together and it just feels great to sing them. Or, um, let me just not give you too much opportunity, uh, possibilities, but, but let's try this one. Um, join me if you want. Uh, let's maybe sing from the, from the middle of the first half. So we lift up a shout for his fame and renown. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Jesus, Savior of the world. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul. I worship your holy name. How, how did you feel? What was it? Smooth? <laughs> and, and because you know your hymn book so well, you know, when you come across Psalm 108, you thought to yourself, wait a minute, this looks very familiar. Oh yeah, Psalm 108 is a hybrid song. Uh, taking parts of Psalm 57 and Psalm 60, putting them together, Voila, Psalm 108. 
when you look at an intro, intro verse, uh, verse zero, uh, by the way, in the Hebrew Bible, verse zero is actually verse one. So when people read the psalm, they always read out the first verse, or verse zero, because um, it gives context to the psalm. So in rea reality, um, so as, as we read that intro, a song, a psalm of David, and because this is a hybrid psalm, uh, it's really hard to say if it actually is written by David himself, because it could be people like me, naughty, naughty ones, putting those two together. But then, because the words in Psalm 108 were technically written by David, so we could still say it's a song of David. Um, if in modern day music, you get music sheet, you got lyrics by David. If I wrote a tune to the new, like new tune to fit the songs, I could say um, music by Aaron. It's very naughty. Uh, but then, but then, having said that, it could it could have just been David himself. Um, after all, he's he's got the copyright to his own own works. So um, using his own old lyrics and put a new tune to it, uh, technically he's not. I mean, plagiarizing himself is okay because it's his own works. But then, for the sake of simplicity, let's just take the intro verse at the face value, and just assume that Psalm 108 is written by David. Um, what's a little odd is finding the psalm in book five. Uh, if you were here last week, you remember hun Psalm 107 is the first psalm of book five. Um, <clears throat> 107 showed us how God has rescued his people, his redeemed, and how he showed his loving rule over the world and over his redeemed so they can praise him and cry out to him always. And the, the person who compiled all the psalms together and decided to place our psalm today, this hybrid psalm, right after Psalm 107, as a, as a means to further comforting and supporting God's people who returned home from exile. So this is a weird place to place a song, song of David. And so how exactly is Psalm 108 uh, this hybrid psalm able to bring more encouragement and comfort to God's people? Uh, firstly, Psalm 108, verses 1 to 6, uh, taken from Psalm 57, verses 7 to 11. I think it's a little important if we give um, Psalm 57 a little attention. Um, verse 7, sorry, verse 0 of Psalm 57 says, the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy of David Miktam, when he had fled from Saul into the cave. So straight away because of that introduction verse, you, you, you know the tone of the psalm. And we, we know where David was at when he was writing this, this psalm. And immediately after that introduction, we hear David's cry for, for mercy. Why? It's obvious, isn't it? Because Saul wanted to kill him. And he was fleeing. He's, he was running for his life. And David cried out to God because God is his refuge. David cried out to God because he knows God is the most high and is his vindicator. 
And David cried out to God because he knows God is love and God is faithful. And after David's initial cry for mercy, he then turned to describe the, the weakness he was facing. Um, but in the midst of the evil, David remembered that God is to be exalted. Um, none of the evil forces can affect God's cosmic glory. In fact, David knows that God will bring justice. So filled with that vision, David then turns to praise God, even before anything has changed externally. David, David was still fleeing. He was still running from Saul. He was still hiding in the cave, but he, he started to praise um, God. But when we come to Psalm 108, so Psalm 108 took the second half of Psalm 57, the whole tone of Psalm has changed. It was different. David went straight to praise in Psalm 108. Uh, so the first six verses of Psalm 108 is essentially the, the chorus bit taken from Psalm 57. And, and Psalm 108 began with the joy which Psalm 57 ends with. And what, what we see in front of us uh, looks like a, a copy and paste job. But if you are eagle-eyed, you might be not able to spot some tiny but um, significant differences. I won't, I won't go into all of them, but I'll, I'll just try to point out some um, as we go through. Um, verse 1. My heart, O God, is steadfast. I will sing and make music with all my soul. And the word soul here is actually the same word as uh, in verse 5. Glory. It's interesting how translators choose to use soul instead of glory. And if we look up a Bible dictionary, we notice that the, the word, the, the meaning of glory has a, a literal meaning of uh, weight. Like weight, heaviness. Uh, so David, David says, I will sing and make music with all my glory, with my whole being, with all the weight I've got. Uh, straight away you can see that contrast there. Your glory, in verse 5, God's glory, the weightiness of it, which fills the whole earth, versus my little glory, which weighs about 13 stones. <coughs> That's how fat I am. Um, still, with all that little weight, I will sing and make music with all my soul, all my weight, all my glory. And verse 2, in the equivalent verses in Psalm 57, um, David actually ends the previous sentence with, I will sing and make music, period. But here in Psalm 108, uh, it's a little different. So in, in 57, David added an extra awake before my soul, before, before my, my glory, my, my weight. Um, so if he was praying at night when he was running for his life, uh, metaphorically, he's praying for, in the night, he, he needed to wake himself up he needed to wake his soul up. But in, uh, in Psalm 108, he dropped that second awake. So he, he says, I will sing and make music with all my soul. As if his, his whole being, his glory, his weight was already awakened. So David was so excited about praising God, he wants to wake up the dawn. And in verse 3, David's going to tell the nations how great his God is. And uh, 
he says, I will praise you, Lord. And if you look down in your Bible, verse 3, uh, we see that the Lord spelled uh, with all capital letters. Um, whenever you see this old capital L-O-R-D, this is how the translators translated God, um, translated God's covenant name, which God first introduced to Moses. Uh, I am who I am, Yahweh. So when you see old capital letter Lord, that's God's covenant name. But in, in Psalm 57, David only used like the normal Lord, Adonai. So as, as, it, as in Lord, the ruler, leader, that kind of Lord. Um, so this, this is the God David knows all other nations need to hear about. His understanding of this Lord seems to have improved, increased. And how great is David's God? How great is our God? Verse 4. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. And here's another subtle difference. Uh, in Psalm 57, David says, For great is your love, reaches to the heavens. But here in verse 4, your love is higher than the heavens. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yet, I can't help but to notice, to think, perhaps David's understanding of who God is has grown. Uh, he knows God is utterly loving, utterly faithful. So he went straight into praising God and giving him glory, rather than repeating his crying and mourning as he did back in Psalm 57. Uh, perhaps you are going through some really difficult times uh, in your life, just like David. Just like David did in Psalm 57. Maybe you are experiencing unfair treatment at your workplace or, or fears of what the next day might bring or other challenges with your family or with your life in general. And you wanted to cry out to God for mercy, just like David did in Psalm 57. And you are familiar with the song, It Is Well With My Soul? Um, let me tell you a story. The song was written by this guy called Horatio Spafford. And you might have heard this story before, but for those who haven't. Uh, Spafford is an American lawyer from the 1800s. He lost most of his wealth to the great Chicago fire. Not long after he lost his four-year-old son. And two years later, he and his family were moving to Europe to, to have a fresh start. Uh, a last-minute business uh, matter kept Spafford from joining his wife and his four daughters on the voyage to, to Europe. Um, while crossing the, the, the Atlantic, their ship sank, and all four daughters died. But his wife, Anna, survived. Um, as Spafford sailed to England to join his wife, he wrote, this is, it is well with my soul. And in the song, you, you cannot find any of his sorrow or his mourning. He went straight to praise God. As we continue to grow in our knowledge of God, knowing that God is utterly loving, 
utterly faithful to the point where he sent his, son, his only son, Jesus Christ, to prove that point. Uh, through Jesus' death on the cross, he has defeated the enemy and has ransomed those who believed him. And anyone believing in Jesus has crossed over from death to life. It is a dumb deal. So for those of us who put our trust in Jesus, despite the circumstances we are in, we can go straight to praising God, just like David did, uh, knowing that God is utterly loving and utterly faithful. Uh, with all our souls, our little glories, we can praise God, singing, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. What about the second half of Psalm 108, taken from Psalm 60, verses 5 to 12? Um, for those people who returned from exile, when they sing these seven verses, they would remember the difficult years they endured and how God had allowed all the attacks of their enemies to happen to them. And even though David chose not to repeat the lament in the first four verses from Psalm 60 here, um, those who were familiar with Psalm 60, those who were familiar with the older songs, they, they would, would um, automatically re recall what those verses were saying. And they knew the hardship they experienced was the result of their own disobedience, of their own sins. But instead of recalling their failure, David went straight to the prayer. Uh, verse 6 from Psalm 60 joins perfectly after the ending of Psalm 57 because it begins with dependent purpose close. Be exalted above the heavens so that your beloved people may be saved. Look, it's a perfect model for prayer. Uh, we praise God first and then we pray our prayer requests. Uh, verse 6, David's prayer request is immediately answered by, by him recalling God's oath in verses 7 to 9. Um, that vivid description of God's rule enacted on the nations is supposed to be true of them. God takes parts of Israel for his weapons and the nations for humbler roles. Uh, they can envision the victory. They can almost taste it. But those returnees, those who return from exile, um, those weren't their reality. Why? Towards the end of the psalm, verses 10 to 13, we, we got to see the problem. And that was the reason driving the praise and prayer. Uh, verse 12, for human help is worthless. The word help can also be translated as salvation. It's the same word as salvation or, or deliverance. Who do we go to um, to ask for help? Maybe David did try to seek help from fellow human before. But human help was so worthless. And then I looked up this word worthless um, in the Bible dictionary. And this one here is, is, has the meaning of trivial, um, has the meaning of inconsequential. It's so meaningless, almost to the point of being deceitful. Um, 
the de deliverance that human can provide has zero weightiness behind it. And I couldn't help but to draw comparison from, from the war of Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Um, I've been following the progress since the war started in February last year. Um, time and again, we hear the news of President Zelensky pleading allied countries for help. Uh, our weapon is our truth. That was what he said on day one. And we need more weapons to fight the Russians. And the war dragged on his country, his people, suffering from Russian oppression. And 17 months into the war now, all the helps provided by the allied countries, billions and billions of pounds of uh, worth of military aid, seem to have done so little, uh, so inconsequential, so worthless. And I really, really hope to see President Zelensky calling the whole nation to humble before God and to acknowledge that only God can save them against the enemy. Instead of continuing to turn to human for deliverance, for salvation. You and I might face different kinds of challenges and difficulties. And you feel like God has rejected you. And you feel like you are fighting a tough battle on your own. Um, this might be the perfect opportunity God is using to remind us that we too are in need of his salvation. Thankfully, in God's utter loving kindness and his faithfulness, he has already provided his eternal help for us through Jesus Christ. He has already defeated the biggest enemy, Satan. And so those who put their trust in Jesus are already on the winning side. When David wrote Psalm 60, he has already experienced God's answering him, uh, God, God answering his prayers. Um, he has seen God's sovereignty over all the nations. Um, he has experienced the victory he gained with God being on his side. He has defeated many, many of his enemies. And he's already witnessed God trampling down all of them. So Psalm 108 was meant to be an encouragement to God's people rather than to discourage them. Why? Because they too can turn to the one who brings true salvation. Uh, verse 10. Anyone who believed in Jesus are those who recognized Jesus is the one who will bring them to the fortified city. Jesus is the one who will lead them to march on, to conquer Edom. Verse 11, anyone who believes recognizes Jesus as their army general. They have God on their side. Verse 12, they are those who have divine help, divine salvation which is significantly uh, perfect. In verse 13, they are those who are victorious with Christ and will get to see the final defeat of the enemies when he comes to bring us home to his heavenly kingdom. So with, with all those hopes in mind, knowing that outcome is secured, we can pray the words in verses 6 and 12 with confidence, asking God to save us and help us with your right hand because those you love you will surely deliver and we can pray 
give us aid against the enemies. Uh, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Uh, imagine with me hearing from verses 7 and 8. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph, I will parcel out London and measure of Hampstead Heath. St. Helen's Bishop's Gate is mine. St. James Muswell Hill is mine. St. Luke's Hampstead is my helmet. St. John's Dunshire Hill is my scepter. Imagine how God could use us, those whom he loved, for his kingdom. Imagine how we are on God's side, marching out against the enemies, with God who will be victorious. And regardless of where we are at and what circumstances we are in, because we are already victorious, we get to praise God among the nations and sing of his great love amongst peoples. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love, which is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. So we want to sing to you, and we want to praise you among the nations. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. May your glory be over all the earth. Thank you that you save those whom you love. So we pray, O Lord, save us. Thank you that you have already defeated your enemies through Jesus Christ and made us victors with him. And thank you that your help, your salvation is ever present to those who put their trust in Jesus. So help us, Lord, both in triumphant times and in times of trouble to always turn to you because you are our God. For great is your love, higher than heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Amen. <laughs>